Welcome to episode 9 of Brilliant Podcast. My name is Kim, and today I am discussing Doctor Who, Series 11, Episode 9, entitled It Takes You Away. This episode aired on Sunday, December 2nd, 2018, and it was written by Ed Heim. I want to note that due to some technical difficulties with watching the episode myself on bbcamerica.com, this episode of the podcast is being recorded in two sessions, so if I sound different halfway through, it's because I'm recording the next day. This episode opens with a beautiful shot of the TARDIS in the forest, with Team TARDIS looking out over the trees and mountains surrounding a fjord. The doctor tastes a plant and determines they're in Norway. A sheep runs by, and the doctor scans it with the sonic screwdriver in a slight panic, fearing they'd end up in the Woolly Rebellion, but they're only in 2018. She isn't exactly sure where in Norway they are, but eats more soil off the ground and says there's an alpaca farm 25 miles away. We're off to a bit of a comedic start here. They see a cottage down the hill with no smoke coming from the chimney. It's winter, so they decide to see if anyone's home. As they start walking, Graham tells Ryan he and Grace used to talk about visiting Norway, but they never had the chance to go. As they come upon the cottage, there's a swing set outside, and the house itself is boarded up. Yes suspects it's a barricade. The place looks abandoned, but we see a hand press up against the boarded-up window from the inside. Ryan sees something, too. I thought perhaps something was being kept inside, what with the house being boarded up from the outside. The doctor runs up and peeks in the window, calling out if anyone's there. She opens the door, which has three locks, with the sonic. The gang goes inside, and Yaz notices children's shoes there. There are some candy wrappers on the table, and the doctor sends the guys upstairs to check if anyone's there. Yaz and the doctor check the fridge and sink, and Ryan and Graham find more candy wrappers on the floor upstairs. They hear tapping in the wardrobe, open it, and find a kid wearing sunglasses, a hood, a scarf, and holding a baseball bat. The doctor and Yaz come upstairs too. Graham asks if the kid is hungry offering up a sandwich he carries around in case of emergency. In the kitchen, Team Tardis talks to the kid, a girl around maybe age 12 to 14, who asks how they got into her house. She's still got her hood, scarf, and sunglasses on, and the doctor asks who else lives there because she says our house. She doesn't answer, so the doctor asks what she's so scared of. She says the thing. Yaz asks what thing, and the girl says it's the thing her dad was defending the house from, but it got in and it took him. She says her name is Hannah, and reveals she is blind. She takes off her sunglasses and asks for help finding her dad. They go outside, and Hannah says she heard the thing outside before she went to sleep, and in the morning her dad was gone. It's been four days. They moved from Oslo after her mum died, presumably ages ago. Her watch beeps, and she says they have to get back inside because it always comes out around this time every day to hunt. Ryan thinks Hannah's dad just left and wasn't taken by the thing, and that Hannah is making it up. 
The doctor tells him not to make any assumptions and sends him and Yaz to have a look in the shed. She and Graham go to check out the house, and she warns everyone not to be outside for too long. In the kitchen, Hannah says the house was cheap because it had been empty for ages. Hannah says her dad added all the boards and locks to the house the day before he disappeared, and she told him he was mad because there was no one else around. But, her dad said, there are worse things out there than people. Ryan and Yaz find some animal traps on a workbench in the shed, and then they hear a roar outside. Hannah yells, it's coming, to the doctor and Graham. Team TARDIS meets up outside, Yaz showing the traps, and Ryan saying Hannah's dad must have seen the thing since he had all the traps. They hear more roaring coming from the woods, so they run inside and lock the door. The doctor tells the others to secure the house, and she goes over to Hannah, who is hiding under the kitchen table, repeating, It takes you away. It takes you away. There's our episode title. The doctor tries to comfort her, saying they'll keep her safe, but she repeats, But it takes you away. Upstairs, Graham hears a ring, and goes over to a tall mirror that does not show his reflection. Ryan comes to look, too, and asks, We'd know if we were vampires, right? Graham says, yeah, and reaches out to touch the mirror. They hear the ringing again, and it seems to hurt his hand. The doctor comes in and tells them to get back. She uses a sonic screwdriver on the mirror, and the reflections appear. She's not sure what it is, but she doesn't like it. They hear the noise again, and the reflections are gone again from the mirror. The doctor uses the sonic on it again to lock it in place in the middle of whatever it was doing. She sticks her head through the mirror, which is more of a portal, and pulls it back out. It hurts a bit, but otherwise she's fine. Yaz and Hannah come upstairs upon hearing the noise, and the doctor tells them what has happened. She says she has to go in and look again, and Yaz, Graham, and Hannah say they're joining her. The doctor tells Hannah she can't come and that Ryan will stay with her. They have to keep watch on the house, which is safe from whatever's outside, because Hannah's dad added the locks and the boards. Before going through the portal, the doctor writes on the wall with chalk, saying aloud she's drawing a map of the most vulnerable points of the house to take care of. But she actually writes, assume her dad is dead, keep her safe, find out who else can take care of her. So she's passing the message to the rest of Team TARDIS without Hannah knowing what they're saying. Team TARDIS all exchange looks with one another and nod at each other so Hannah won't know what's going on. The doctor asks Hannah what her dad's name is and she says it's Eric. The doctor says she'll do everything she can to find him. She takes Yaz's hand, who takes Graham's, and they walk through the mirror portal. Ryan and Hannah are left in the house. The doctor, Yaz, and Graham end up in some sort of weird, dark, foggy place with shards of light. The doctor says they should have ended up in another world, but maybe the portal is broken. They're in some sort of cave-like place, and the doctor uses a long piece of string to keep them from getting lost. They come upon an alien who is kneeling over something, and the doctor asks if he's seen a large creature, or a human. He says no, and the doctor asks if they can have his lantern. He says they can trade for it, and he basically says he wants to eat Graham and Yaz. He also says his name is Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs. 
Maybe that's why he wants to eat everyone. Maybe because he has seven stomachs? He wants the sonic screwdriver and says he did see the man they're looking for, Hannah's dad. He confirms that he saw him, but won't say any more unless he can have the sonic screwdriver as payment. The doctor says she'll give it to him after he brings them to Eric, and they venture into the dark. Back in the house, Ryan asks Hannah if she's always been blind. She says basically she has, and she can only see light super close. She doesn't like Ryan because he had suggested maybe her dad had left, not been taken. He apologizes. She asks which part of the map the doctor drew on the wall shows the weakest part of the house. He hesitates, says the conservatory, I mean the porch, and Hannah asks what he's hiding from her, knowing it sounded like the doctor was writing something, not drawing a map. She wants to go through the portal too to find her dad, but Ryan brings her out of the room with a mirror, locking the door and taking the key. They hear another roar outside and go to recheck their defenses in the house. In the portal caves, the doctor, Graham, and Yaz follow ribbons. She asks him where exactly they are, but he won't tell them unless she makes another trade. She presumes he lives there, and he presumes her brain tastes delicious as her questions are so clever. Their lantern attracts a flesh moth, so Ribbons tosses one of the dead rats from his belt and the moth goes over to devour it. They move onward, Ribbons going last. He cuts the string the doctor was using to keep them from getting lost from the mirror portal. Ryan looks outside the house, hearing another roar. He finds a wire in a windowsill and follows it outside to a speaker, the source of the roar. He pulls out the wire, disabling the sound, and goes inside to tell Hannah there's no creature and she doesn't need to be scared. She listens for him to come through a doorway, hits him with the door to knock him out, and takes that key back from him. In the caves, Ribbons has led the gang into a trap. He reveals he's cut the string and grabs Graham, holding a knife to his throat. Ribbons wants to renegotiate. He wants more than just the sonic screwdriver now. Then the flesh moth flies to their lantern again, so Ribbons backs off of Graham. He throws his final rat, but more flesh moths are gathering. He tells Yaz it would be worse in the dark if they got rid of the lantern. The doctor again asks what this place is, and Ribbons says, Antizone. The doctor says an antizone is a thing the universe makes wherever the fabric of space-time is threatened. I'm surprised we haven't really seen antizones before, like with the Weeping Angels, for example, or maybe even Clara Oswald trying to outrun death there. They hear a high-pitched noise and the lantern goes out. Ribbon says the flesh moth is summoning its swarm. He says they should run, and he grabs the sonic screwdriver out of the doctor's hand, but Graham tackles him before he can get away. The flesh moths show up, so the doctor warns Yaz and Graham to stay completely still. Ribbons tries to reach for the sonic screwdriver, which is on the ground, but the flesh moths swoop down on him. The doctor gets the sonic and they run away, back to the portal. After they get through, the doctor sonics the mirror, I assume so the moths can't come through too. Yaz notices that the furniture has been moved around in the room. The doctor thinks they haven't come through the same portal, but are now on the other side of the mirror. Meanwhile, Hannah goes through the portal into the antizone. Ryan wakes in the house, 
Hannah finds the string the doctor left and begins to follow it. In the other house, the doctor goes into the living room to find Eric in the kitchen. He asks why they're in his house, and the doctor asks why he left Hannah alone when there's a monster outside. He tells them about the recording and that there isn't a monster. He did it to keep her from wandering up the hills. He says there's food in the fridge there, so Hannah will be all right. He says he turned the house into a fortress to keep Hannah safe while he's gone. Yaz asks why there were bear traps in the shed, and he said because there are sometimes bears in the woods, no monsters. He says thanks for coming, and that they can all go, and he'll be back soon. Graham and Yaz want to hit Eric, but the doctor tells them not to. The doctor asks who else is there, because there are two plates on the table. I guessed it would be Hannah's mom. Well, Eric's wife, Trina, comes in and introduces herself. She died in reality, but not in the alternate one here. That's why Eric has come, to be with Trina. She's tried to come back through the mirror, but she can't. Graham says Eric needs to go back to Hannah. Trina asks if the doctor wants to see her friend, who got there just when they did. I paused to think for a second. I thought maybe it would be Grace. Then I thought maybe this alternate universe wasn't real and was just a trap set to keep people there, and this all exists inside the anti-zone somehow. Graham does go and greets Grace, who asks him what's going on. He says, don't do this to me. In the anti-zone, Hannah almost trips over Ribbons' body, but Ryan comes up behind her and tells her to stand really still. He finds the lantern and leads Hannah along. She asks him to describe where they are, and Ryan starts to say it's a cave, but like a nice cave, but she knows he's lying. He tells her the roaring was on a speaker, and he thinks her dad set it up to keep her inside. A flesh moth flies over to the lantern, but they don't notice it. In the alternate universe, Grace asks Graham if she's real. She remembers dying, just as Trina does. Graham knows she's not, but she says she's there, though. Graham asks Grace to tell her everything about the necklace he's wearing. I recognize the style of it as another Alex Monroe piece. It's a small gold frog, and it's 135 pounds on his website, also available in silver. Anyway, Grace says it's her necklace Graham gave her two Christmases ago and that Ryan had gotten her a different frog necklace the same year. They both knew she liked frogs, but didn't check with each other before buying them. Graham wears the necklace now to keep Grace close. Graham says it isn't fair, and she can't really be Grace. The doctor says it can't be Grace or Trina, and they both know it too. The doctor goes upstairs with Yaz and tells herself not to panic, trying to figure out what's going on. She knows the mirror is a direct portal between the two worlds, but the anti-zone has appeared between them because the universe is trying to protect itself. She realizes the anti-zone must be there to stop both worlds from touching each other, meaning this world must be dangerous. She guesses it's the soul attract, a sort of bedtime story she was told as a child by her granny. The soul attract is basically an energy that keeps everything from fitting together properly. If there is soul attract energy present, their worlds won't work right. 
So the soul attract is trapped in this alternate world, allowing the real world to keep working properly. The Doctor, Yaz, Graham, and Eric are in the soul attract universe now, a conscious universe. The Doctor needs to find out why the soul attract has built this universe, copying their own, including Grace and Trina, and why there's a doorway to the real universe. Yaz says it sounds like a trap. They look at each other and run out of the room. Outside, Grace asks Graham what he's doing in Norway. He tells her about the TARDIS, and Grace remembers the doctor telling them all about it before she died. Graham tells Grace he went to an alien planet, and he met Rosa Parks, and she says it sounds like he's doing fine without her, but he says he's lost, and he misses her. The doctor runs over and says they have to leave, and that Grace can't come with them because she's not real. Now Graham thinks Grace is real because she remembers everything. The doctor explains that she thinks the whole world they're in is a trap. As I did too, and Yaz did. She says the Grace that is there is part of it. She tells him it's this Grace or the real world. He can't have both. Inside, the doctor tries to sonic the mirror, but it won't budge. She thinks it's being controlled by the soul attract, which is adapting, so she can't force it with the sonic like before. Yaz suggests reversing the polarity. In the anti-zone, Ryan and Hannah are running from the flesh moths. They avoid the swarm and hear the high-pitched ringing. At the mirror, the doctor is able to open the portal back up again. As she holds it open with the sonic, she tells Graham, Yaz, and Eric to go through, but Graham wants Grace to come with them. Ryan and Hannah keep running and find the portal into the alternate universe where everyone else is. Hannah makes it through, but Ryan is stuck in the anti-zone as the doctor can't hold the portal open any longer. The portal has adapted again, so she can't open it. Eric tells Hannah he has a surprise for her, her mother. Trina greets Hannah and hugs her, but Hannah draws back, knowing it's not really her mom. She calls out for Ryan, but Yaz says he's not there and realizes he's in the anti-zone. Graham says they have to get the portal open to help Ryan, but Grace says no. There is rumbling around them, and the doctor tells them this world is falling apart because of them still being in it. The doctor says it's Grace and Trina keeping them there because of the soul attract energy they're made of. The doctor realizes the soul attract have built this world and given them people they won't reject. Grace takes Graham's hand and tells him not to listen to the doctor, but Yaz says not to take advantage of him because she isn't Grace. Yaz says the real Grace was brave and would be leading them through the mirror. Trina then uses the force on Yaz to send her back through the mirror. Not really the force, I know, but she like force pushed her through the portal. In the anti-zone, Yaz calls out to Ryan. I actually like how this part was written, so we followed Yaz into the anti-zone rather than her disappearing and us continuing in the same scene in the soul attract house. But in the house, Trina looks at her hands and asks, how did I do that? And the doctor says, oh, I think you know. Hannah says she wants to go home. Her parents try to comfort her. And Eric says they can stay there and that he wouldn't ask her to stay somewhere that isn't safe. 
Hannah says he would do that, and he's not well, and he hasn't been since Trina died. She tells the Solotrack Trina she hates her, and to let her out. Solotrack Trina force pushes Hannah into the anti-zone as well. The Solotract world continues to rumble around the Dr. Graham and Eric, and the doctor asks Graham to recognize that he has to leave to go help Ryan, but he says he can't do it. She reminds him it wasn't his fault that Grace died, and that he has to reject the Grace standing in front of him because it isn't her. He finally gives up on her because after he says Ryan is still out there needing help, she says he'll be fine. Graham knows the real Grace would never let him leave Ryan in danger. She tells him she's a fake, and she sends him through the mirror portal. Grace disappears, and the doctor asks Eric if he realizes Trina isn't real now. Eric doesn't want to move on from her death, so the doctor tries a new tactic to get him out of there. She starts asking Solotrack Trina if she'd rather have someone who's seen it all. She's trying to entice the Solotrack consciousness to just keep her there because it wants a whole universe. She tells Solotrack Trina to let Eric go, and he says, You're not Trina, finally realizing it, and is pushed through the portal. The doctor tells the Solotrack energy it can stop being Trina now, as the whole universe appears to be collapsing. Suddenly, the rumbling stops. The doctor starts to look around, and the screen fades to white. Now in a white universe, where the house has faded, the doctor walks forward and finds a frog sitting on a chair. She calls out asking why there's a frog in there, and it answers her in Grace's voice, saying she said it could stop being Trina. The Zolotrack tells her that taking the form of the frog delights it, though its own form is endless. It asks the doctor about her universe, and she says it's really big and incredibly beautiful, though words don't do it justice. She's afraid she's just said goodbye to it, and that what she'll miss the most is the people, her friends. The frog tells her they'll be friends. The colors around the doctor's hands glitch, and she tells the frog it doesn't have control over this universe, but it assures her that it does. The doctor points out that it's still destabilizing, and that her being there is gonna kill us both. The frog thinks she's lying because she wants to leave, but the doctor says they're friends, and friends help each other face their problems. The doctor says she wishes she could stay because she wants to learn more about the Solitract universe, but must be let go so they can both survive. She promises they'll be friends forever if it lets her go. It does, and sends her back into the anti-zone. The doctor says, thrown by a frog, brilliant. I just want to take a second to point out that the visuals of the Solitract universe as presented to the Doctor were much like at the end of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 when Harry is in the King's Cross station but it's all faded and foggy but not really fog, just everything's white and he sees Dumbledore. It's sort of like that visually here. The Antizone is now falling apart. The gang makes it back to the proper portal, and Ryan turns around to ask where the doctor is. She makes it over to them, yelling, Coming through! And they all start going through the portal. 
For a second, I was afraid the portal was going to close before the doctor got there since everyone else made it back through before her, but she did get through it. She turns around and breaks the mirror with a pulse from the sonic screwdriver, and Hana asks, are we safe? The doctor says they are safe from the Solotract. She's not sure if the Solotract itself survived, but it won't come back there. She's a bit sad she had to say goodbye to her new friend, a whole conscious universe. Everyone exchanges looks, thinking about what just happened, but they're all silent. They go outside to talk. Graham stands over by himself, looking away from the group. Eric says he and Hannah will move back to Oslo, and Hannah is happy about that. Hannah thanks the doctor, Yaz says goodbye to her, and Ryan does too, and they hug. The gang heads back to the TARDIS, and Graham stops to look out over the fjord. Ryan goes and asks if he's all right. Yaz told Ryan that they saw Grace in the Solotrek universe, and Graham says it wasn't really her. It hurts him. Ryan says he misses Grace, too, all the time, but at least they've got each other. And he calls Graham Grandad. Ryan plays it off like it's nothing, even though he never wanted to call him Grandad before, like in the first episode of the season. They both get into the TARDIS, and it takes off. I liked this episode a lot. It had a good balance of action, sad parts, and a bit of humor thrown in there. I liked seeing Grace again, even though it wasn't really her. And this whole episode was a bit weird because we expected a monster, but it turned out there wasn't really a monster and something totally different was going on. So that was like a cool twist, even though, again, it was a little weird. I liked the character of Hannah, and I wish her dad hadn't left her alone how he did. Um, the physical representations of the solo track consciousness were a little bit weird, but it still wasn't that weird in terms of Doctor Who aliens. The character of Ribbons was a bit odd too, seeing as he lived in a place that wasn't even real in the first place. So maybe he was just like a manifestation of the Solitract energy, trying to keep the gang from reaching their goal. The writing and the visuals also worked really well for this episode. We haven't really seen anything like it this season. And for that, I'm going to place this episode in third place in my ratings lineup. I still have The Woman Who Fell to Earth in first place, then Kerblam, because I think I like the silliness in that episode a bit more with the Kerblam Man robots. Anyway, so then I'm placing this one, It Takes You Away, in third. And after that, I have Arachnids in the UK, then The Witchfinders, then Demons of the Punjab, then Rosa, which is followed by the Ghost Monument, and in last is the Saranga Conundrum. You can subscribe to Brilliant Podcast at anchor.fm slash brilliant-podcast or soundcloud.com slash brilliantpodcast. You can also find Brilliant Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, CastBox, and Overcast. New episodes are always uploaded to Anchor and SoundCloud first and become available on the other platforms shortly after. You can follow Brilliant Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram at Brilliant Podcast. 
on Twitter at BrilliantPCast, BrilliantPodcast.tumblr.com, and you can email me at BrilliantPodcast at gmail.com.